With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer, and it's a very special episode today. This is episode 25, so we are going to introduce him first. We have the birthday boy celebrating his 25th birthday on our 25th episode. Chev, happy birthday, buddy. Good to, good to talk to you again. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it so much. Definitely glad to be back and have the three amigos getting after it. It's always good to be back, like I was saying before the show. And joining us from Canton, Ohio, we have America's sweetheart, Garrett Price. What's good, Garrett? What's up, buddy? How's it going? Not much. Sounds like uh, letting the dogs out early on this episode, right, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a rough week with the dogs. I mean, one of them one of them got sick, and we had to put them down. I know that's not the oh. way we want to start the show, but... Ooh, uh, I got it. <laughs> but, <laughs> But hey, we got one dog barking, so we'll keep. We'll move on. We'll move on. Well, I'm sorry. Well, your, your host really, uh, really cued that one up good for you, Chev. I apologize we about that. We did segue that one very well. <laughs> no, my segues are not what they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, today we are. So last week we talked about how to do the productive struggle, and um, you know there is a flip side to that too. Some people do not have to worry about that. The lucky few. You know, it's usually. What do you guys think? Like the. At this point in your league season, you know what you are, what your team is. I actually think there's three types of teams in every league. There's the teams that are competitive. There is the teams that know they're out of it. And then there's the third tier, the teams that are in denial, where they think that they're going to win it, even though they're just on that outside cusp. So... We're going to let the denial people go for now. We'll let them think whatever they want. But tonight we're going to talk about how to be a contender. You know, one of those things is trading away some picks for proven players. So, Garrett, if you don't have any first or second round picks, those seem to be the picks that get traded more often than not. Could you cue us in on some guys in the 2020 or even 2021 draft, whatever you want, uh, that could possibly still help your team out? Yeah, that's the thing. When you uh, when you go all in, often you're trading your, your first-round picks, uh, your second-round picks to acquire maybe a, a wily veteran to you know, help fill your wide receiver role or you know getting that backup tight end just in case something happens to, I don't know, maybe a guy like Austin Hooper because he's the tight end one. Um, you know, you, you're, you're looking to back up your, your athletes that way. So uh, often you, you lose those picks, and so you need – to be able to hit in some of those later rounds 
like if it was this past season, if you were able to get Terry McLaurin in your third round, you're looking pretty good because you have one of the top uh, players of this class and you didn't have to pay a high premium for that. So a couple, um, I actually have eight names that I'm going to look at and I'm not going to go into super in depth about each guy, um, but two from each position that would be good potential targets to look at for your uh, dynasty teams moving forward that you would most likely be able to get in the third round or later. Jacob Eason, he is a quarterback from um, Washington University. He was originally at Georgia with there when Jake Fromm was there, also with Justin Fields, and all that got, got real cloudy. They ended up going with Fromm, sticking with him. So both Eason and Fields uh, ended up transferring. Uh, Fields is not eligible to 2021, but we know how good he's looking. But Jacob Easton's eligible this year. Really big body player, good quarterback, uh, a guy I'm definitely interested in. Joe Burrow, if you've paid attention to college football at all, he has completely ascended this year. Could end up even maybe being the top draft, draft pick in this class, which seems crazy before because nobody was even talking about him as a top three-round pick. But with how he's been playing this year, he's really elevated his stock. Um, Michael Warren, he's a running back out of Cincinnati. Uh, doesn't do anything super special, but really good between the tackles, really hard runner. Um, a guy that I think is going to uh, not necessarily dazzle at the combine, but will be one of those really solid uh, committee backs long term. Another guy that's kind of in the same boat, Zach Moss out of Utah. Um, both guys are just really solid players. They're never going to like wow you with their athleticism, with their speed or anything like that. But they're smart guys, and they, they do great between the tackles. So I think both those guys could end up being really good pieces for your team um, moving forward if you get able to get them in the third round. Michael Pittman out of USC really flashed at times. Uh, it's been a question as to who's the, the top wide receiver there. You have uh, St. Brown there. You have Vaughn's there. You, wow, I just hit puberty. Uh, Vaughn's <laughs> there. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know how that happened, but it did. Uh <laughs> Uh, probably my favorite name on this list, though, is the next guy, Tamari and Terry. He's a wide receiver out of Florida uh, State right now. And for whatever reason, he's just been completely overlooked by a lot of people. Uh, everybody, when they release their top 10s, their top 12s, or top 15s, I almost never see Tamari and Terry's name in there. And all he does is make big plays. Um, he's been averaging on his touchdown receptions, which over the past two seasons he has like 14 or 15. He averages around 40 yards per reception on his touchdowns, and he's doing that at six foot four. Uh, wow. So he's he's a player. Uh, I I don't know why people are sleeping on him. Maybe it's because uh, Florida State's so bad, but he's an absolute stud. I'm very excited about him. Hunter Bryant, tight end uh, for Washington, kind of an undersized tight end, a little bit more in that Evan Ingram style. Uh, but he's a real good player. And then Jacob Breland uh, from Oregon, he is a tight end that unfortunately is going to be missing the rest of this year uh, due to injury, but had a really good season. I still think he'll end up going in the draft. Could end up being a sneaky pick because people forget about him because of his injury. Garrett, question for you before we move on. Um, I know Ray talks about him a lot on the DDP podcast. There's a wide receiver from Liberty. Do you know who I'm yeah. talking about? Antonio yeah. Gandy-Golden. Um, That's it. He, I'm actually wondering if he's not even going to be available in the third round anymore. Um, okay. Everybody keeps talking about him as a sleeper, but once you get talked about a lot as a sleeper, all of a sudden you're not really a sleeper anymore. So okay. I think I think his uh, his stock is is definitely rising, 
And uh, but yeah, but that he it's absolutely worth it. If he ends up being your third round, would love to have him. So you know, this is a lot of things too, where or one of those things where if you are a contender and let's say you win it, and all you have is third, fourth, fifth, or maybe if your league does six round draft picks, um, those picks are not garbage. For example, the fifth round of my home league um, fielded players like Terry McLaurin and Darius Slayton. Wow. So you got McLaurin in the fifth round. I didn't get McLaurin. Um, my brother-in-law did, but I got Darius Slayton. He picked wow. a couple picks before I did. That's impressive. Yeah, but yeah, and exactly. I love Slayton too. I mean, Slayton's a stud as well. I'm just right. surprised Terry or uh, um, yeah Terry McLaurin fell that far. Yeah, so was I. Uh, to be honest with you, but uh, you know, this is one of those things where if you obviously you're doing something right if you win a championship or you're a contending team, but you still have to do the research and put the time in. So, uh, Garrett, thank you very much. And uh, maybe one day we could do some sort of contest. Well, Garrett will just draft for you. That'd be great, <laughs> wouldn't it? How's that sound, Garrett? Hey, sounds good to me. If, if you win, Garrett will draft for you. If you lose, I'll do it. <laughs> that's that's your punishment for losing. Oh man, <laughs> as that sound. That, so you're just so mean to you. You need to be nicer to you. Well, sometimes it's funny to have that self depreciation. No, no. I'm, well, I mean, it is funny sometimes. But yeah, you're a good drafter, Mike. Don't let anyone talk crap about you, especially you. I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> take it back. You ever hate? Take it back. Okay, I I take it back. I'm getting right. yelled at by Garrett. You, you ever hate sometimes though? You're drafting and. Okay, for example, my home league, I uh, got Darwin Thompson in the second round this year. And everybody thought that that was going to be a great pick at that time in August. Sure. Looked like he was training up. I don't think he's done anything. No. They, but they clearly don't have any trust in him because you would have thought with, with uh, um, all the running backs that they've, they've toted in and out of there, you would have thought Darwin would have gotten a shot at some point. But nope. And he had a, he had a great preseason too. So, but... It is what it is. What are you going to do? Um, but, hey, moving on to the news, we got a lot of it today. So uh, we're going to start with this one. Big uh, big loss for you IDP guys. J.J. Watt's going to miss the rest of the season with a torn pectoral muscle. On the season, he's played eight games, 24 tackles. Um, I don't know what that says. I apologize. Uh, four tackles for a loss, 20 <laughs> quarterback hits, four sacks, three pass defense, one forced fumble, and two fumble recoveries. So... Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a tough one right there. Hey, if Taco Charlton's on your waiver wire, uh, definitely go pick him up. He's had a sack in almost every game since he's become a Dolphin. So, or see if you could acquire him cheaply. Um, let's, oh, here we go. Uh, the Giants also acquired defensive end Leonard Williams from the Jets for a 2023rd and a 2021 fifth round pick. So, uh, one goes down, another one gets moved. So uh, that's one way to think about it. Now, he, here's the interesting talking point. I don't know. How did you guys feel about the trade deadline this year? I thought it was boring. Uh, ahead, yeah, Jay. I mean, there's, there's a couple of names that got moved and keep to leave. I mean, RIP, man, that's, that's tough. <laughs> well, um, we're going to get to him. But, Chev, I, w- I want to talk to you about this one since you're out there in the desert. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals have a new running back. Yes, and, they do. Uh, you know, I, I believe we did not start him in the Dynasty Rewind League because why would you start a guy that's just been on the team for, what, three days uh, playing against the 49ers? However, after being a, acquired from the Dolphins for a conditional pick, which I believe is a six-round pick, do you guys know what that pick uh, is? It, it's a it's a six right now. It could move up to a fifth depending on, I, don't, I think it's games played or something like that. Okay. Uh, well, 
with Miami, he played in six games. He had two starts. He had um, 47 rushes for 174 yards and no touchdowns, 22 catches on 33 targets for 174 yards and no touchdowns. Versus San Francisco, 15 carries, 110 yards for a 7.3-yard average with one touchdown and four catches for 52 yards. So uh, David Johnson hurt. Chase Edmonds going to be out a couple weeks with a hamstring strain. How are we feeling about Kenyon Drake? Chev, Chev, what do you think about this? Can we start him faithfully going forward, or when these other guys get healthy, is this going to be – one of the ugliest running back by committees that you've seen, not as far as NFL production, just as far as who am I going to start on a weekly basis? Yeah, I definitely think uh, the next couple weeks you probably got Drake. It's probably going to be the guy there. Uh, definitely when DJ gets back and when Chase Edmond gets back, it's about to get really ugly. You're not going to know really who to play. Uh, I mean, but I feel like here we, we, we've hyped up Kenyon Drake for the longest time now. I think we just said he needs the opportunity. And he just hasn't got that in Miami. And then he comes to the Cardinals, and he, I mean, he has a big game. I mean, once you use him the right way, he does great things. Um, but, I mean, it's definitely going to get really murky once all these backs get back, and it's going to be really hard to decide which one you should play. I mean, I'm guessing most of the people that had David Johnson try to pick up Chase Edmonds and probably trying to get Kenyon Drake now. So uh, it's about to get really murky once all those guys get healthy. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this uh, shakes down. Garrett, any thoughts on Kenyon Drake before we move on? Yeah, I was wondering whether I should start him or not this week. I even I, one of the few times that I've asked I Twitter. I did see that. Yeah, I asked Twitter who I should start, and uh, basically they told me not to start him, and I said, "Screw you guys, I'm starting him anyway." And I uh, Drake. <coughs> you did go with him. I did. Well, what were the options? Nice. Were him or Jalen Samuels? Right. It, it was him or Jalen Samuels. Now the thing is, though, now it does look like Connor's going to be out. Uh, so the good news is I had Alshon Jeffrey in the flex and against the bears. I didn't really want to start him anyway. So I'm probably just going to start Jalen Samuels in the flex now. Um, I would agree with that because you are right. Although I don't have it written down here. Um, Benny Snell did have a knee procedure this week. Uh, and, and with James Conner being out, it looks like Jalen Samuels probably going to get close to a hundred percent of the workload. Yep. So, uh, I think he's going to be definitely good to go. Uh, speaking of someone that'll be good to go soon, Garrett's other boyfriend, Darius Geis, has resumed practicing. It looks like he's on track for week 11. Now, I share this one with Chev because Chev and I have bonded over our affection of Darius Geis. Oh, Chev's oh, yes. a Darius Geis guy, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. He got okay. him like all my leagues. All right. It's not working so, out very well, too, right now. But <laughs> not we're, we're, right now, no. But he's we're about talking to, to him on Twitter. We're playoffs. working it out. Mm hmm. <laughs> okay. If you're the Redskins, does it really make sense to play him this year? Let me think about it. I mean, to rush him back? No. I think you need to make sure that he is 100, without a doubt, percent healthy. But you do need to figure out what you have because this running back class is loaded. So you need to figure out, do I need to spend a second or third round on a running back? Or... Do we trust Darius Geis? Does he look good after all these procedures? Is he still able to do what we thought he could or should do? Because if not, they might have to cut bait at some point and, and, and figure out who their, their future running back is going to be because Thompson can't stay healthy. Adrian Peterson's 8 million years old. So I, I think they're going to have to figure out sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's a good point. So hopefully, um, well, we'll see what he does week 11 on. 
But, I mean, with that medical staff, I mean, can we really trust that we're actually going to find out if he's healthy or not? I mean, shoot. I mean, apparently he played with an injury when he came back this season. So, I mean, I... That whole situation is definitely mind-boggling to me. Uh, hopefully, Trent Williams' life is going to be changed around. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. Uh, but, man, they got to figure that out because, I mean, that medical staff's got to be punished for something. I mean, geez. Oh, yeah, well, all the stuff with Alex Smith and, and oh, uh, yeah. Reed. And, I mean, it's been, it's Guys. been a nightmare over there. No. Yeah. Well, Chev, thank you for presenting me with this opportunity for an amazing segue because um, – Trent Williams did return to the team. I heard that he failed the physical, and then he stated he will not play this season. Then he tells reporters he had a cancerous tumor on his head when discovered in 2013. Team doctors said it was, in quotes, minor. Um, Cancer is not minor, last I checked. I'm not a doctor. But um, you're you're absolutely right. This is, you know, in all fairness, though, um, I've heard people complaining about team doctors from other teams, too. Garrett, I think I've seen, um, who was it, Kellen Winslow Jr. complained about the Browns' um, medical staff. And I know at some point a retired linebacker complained about um, the Eagles' medical staff. It's like, dude, you were a fourth-string linebacker that only played special (laughs) teams. I'm sorry. It's not that that's super relevant, but you know what I'm saying, right? So is it just them, or do you think, somebody in the NFL needs to do something better and get more you get people in there that are a little bit more proficient here i mean yeah i this is your job like if if NFL coaches don't do their job they get fired if you know if you sure. go to if you go to work and you break a bunch of cars like you're going to get fired if if you know like this is their job and if they're con- consistently messing up these players' futures because they're misdiagnosing things or their medical tools aren't clean when they're doing surgeries or whatever it is. Like, the number of infections and the number of having to clean up procedures and the no- – like, all it's it's a nightmare. So, yeah, like, at some point there needs to be some sort of accountability because this is just getting ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just interested to see how that works out. And, you know, I, I, don't, understand, I don't understand why they didn't trade – Trent Williams. That doesn't make any sense well, to me. I don't know yeah. why the Redskins do what they do sometimes. The Browns really could have used a left tackle. I was really hoping they would trade him as well. There's a lot of teams out there um, that could use a, a outstanding tackle like that. So um, interesting times in Washington. You know where else there's interesting times? Where? Denver. <laughs> <laughs> the Speaking of uh, medical procedures, uh, let's see. Broncos quarterback Joe Flacco, he's done for the season. He has a herniated disc. It was originally thought to be a four- to six-week issue, but he, he's out. Uh, Vic Fangio put the kibosh on him for the season. So Brandon Allen is going to make his first career start versus the Browns. I figured the Browns would win that game anyway, but now I I mean, you could almost lock it in, but you can't Drew lock it in. Oh, that was great. Um Ooh. The Broncos do have their bye week next week. So uh, Drew Locke, I think he's going to be eligible to play week 11 or 12. So I think he's going to start sooner rather than later. Well, no, not really. It'll be later rather than sooner because they have their bye week. But uh, so Flacco in the season, eight games. He has a 2-6 and six record. He was 171 out of 262 for a 65.3% completion percentage for 1,822 yards, 
six touchdowns and five interceptions. So Flacco right here is a guy that a lot of people thought would be a good QB2 in Superflex leagues. But in reality, he has been nothing more than a wet blanket on the season. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Are we starting Brandon Allen if we're desperate? I think you definitely, if you're in a, a league where you have Drew Locke on your taxi squad, it's might be safe to take him off soon and give him a shot. Yeah, I'm definitely not starting him at quarterback for my teams. Uh, mostly, most of the leagues I'm in is one QB anyway. So, I mean, Superflex, still I'm probably shying away from him. I mean, I honestly don't know what you got there. I don't know what he's gonna, how he's going to play, what it's going to look like. But, I mean, Corlin Sutton, he's been playing big this season. Uh, they got the two-headed monster at running back. So, uh, man, trade Emmanuel Sanders. I'm definitely probably staying away from that quarterback situation for the rest of the season. I mean, definitely want to see what Drew Locke has to offer. But, whew, it's going to be it's gonna be intense to see what this team's got. So, I, I will say this. Garrett, maybe you could agree with me. You should because I'm fantastic. But <laughs> Flacco has not played well this year, yet Cortland Sutton – has still been putting up really good numbers. So I don't want to say that Cortland Sutton is quarterback-proof, but I think he's still going to get his. So I'm not going to be the guy that's going to shy away from Cortland Sutton like other people will. What do you think regarding yeah, that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. It's similar to Tampa Bay. I mean, Jameis Winston on the season has been quarterback 18 for fantasy, but yet he has two receivers that are top five wide receivers and in, in Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin. So – it doesn't always necessarily like one-to-one correlation. So I agree. I would still fire up Cortland Sutton, uh, at least for the next couple weeks. Uh, Cleveland does have both of their uh, starting cornerbacks back now, so that does okay. help them out a little bit uh, compared to what they've been throwing out there the past few weeks. But it, going back to the Superflex conversation, you do get to a point because you almost automatically start a quarterback in your, in your second quarterback or in your in your flex spot, Superflex spot. Usually, yeah. Usually, there does come to a point where you're like, is this quarterback actually better than my fourth receiver? And this might be one of those cases where it's not. Like, you might actually want to start, I don't know, Curtis Samuel. I don't even know if he's going to play this week. He's, he's injured. But, um, you know, you might, you might be starting a guy like that over a Brandon Allen. Yeah. It, sad times. But um, so we got a little bit of a quarterback carousel here. Okay. Um, Looks like uh, the Panthers' Kyle Allen is going to start. Cam Newton is not getting any better with his foot injury. So do you guys think, Chef, do you think Kyle Allen's going to start the rest of the season? I mean, I think he should. I think he's earned it at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely probably the best option for them. If I'm Cam Newton, I'm probably just going to sit the rest of the season out. I mean, I know that's tough to say. But, I mean, get yourself right because, I mean, when we were watching him, we even saw it. We talked about it on the podcast. He didn't look like Cam Newton. He didn't look like the Superman out there that puts his body on the line and has that swagger that he said, I'm going to run you over. I'm going to do what I want on this field. So, I mean, I just didn't see that when Cam was out there. He definitely looked like he was in pain. He definitely looked like he did not want to be out there. So, if I'm Cam Newton, I'm not coming back till I'm 100% healthy and kind of putting on mediocre performances if I'm not healthy. Did you see the guy that dressed up his dog like Cam Newton on Halloween? Oh, geez, no. <laughs> he he had the big floppy hat and the scarf wrapped around it. <laughs> you gotta, oh, jeez. You got you to gotta check it out. It's great. Um, so the Bengals really did Andy Dalton dirty on his 32nd birthday, okay? Mm. And hours before the trade deadline was over, and during the bye week, 
That's the baffling one. They announced that he is no longer the starter, but Ryan Finley is. And as the meme stated, Ryan Finley looks like the guy that they would have playing Andy Dalton in a movie about A.J. Green. (laughs) (laughs) The internet continuously undefeated. So, um, all right. So if you have to start one, Desperation Superflex, Ryan Finley or Brandon Allen in your Superflex thought. You have to pick one. Chev, let's start with you. Oh man, I'll, I'll roll with Finley. Why not? I'll, Tyler Boyd and whoever Joe Mixon will throw him out there. Sure. All right, Garrett, what do you think? Oh man, I have to start one. Like I, I, I can't start my fourth wide receiver. Everybody else is either injured or on a bye week. Oh man, this is brutal. Uh, give me Finley. Okay, I, I think I would go with Finley too. I don't. I don't know why. It's but. it's because at least he's a rookie, and we don't know what's there yet. Whereas Brandon Allen's been around the league. He's not actually. I don't think he's had a a career NFL start. But no, this, is like this his, will like, be his first. His first one is is this week. Yeah. Yeah, but he's been on on several teams during the preseason and stuff like that, and never ended up never ended up doing anything. So actually, you know what? No, we're we're all we're all liars. We all would have to start Allen this week because the mm-hmm. uh, Bengals are on a bye week. Okay. Yep. Well, then, in theory, if okay. they weren't on a bye week. Hypothetical. Forgive me. Yes, hypothetical. Um, I'm going to go with Finley, too, just because I, I like the receivers, the receiving core as a whole in Cincinnati a little better, um, even though A.J. Green's not playing right now. And I think that Joe Mixon is better than both Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. So, I agree on that. Um, although they can't seem to block for him i don't know if the line's better but yeah uh one guy i don't think anybody wants to start against buffalo this week is dwayne haskins making his first career start um buffalo is a pretty tough defense they're going on the road i don't know why you would pick this matchup to start dwayne haskins but you know what this is the nfl you got to play who's who you scheduled against so garrett you're the resident ohio state fan here what how are you feeling about Haskins in his first start? Uh, I don't I don't love it. I mean, he's he's clearly not ready. I I've been saying this all season. This was one of those guys that needed to sit and learn. He did not need to be thrown out there. You didn't need to rock the dude's confidence. Um and Buffalo's a really good defense. I don't like it at all. If there was any way around it, I would I would absolutely try to start anyone else. But it, yeah. that looks like that's the route they're going. And we've already highlighted the dysfunction in Washington enough. Well, then let me ask you this. Case Keenum has a concussion, okay? Haskins going on the road, starting against tough defense, if he needs to sit and learn, and obviously Bill Callahan has to know that. He's not dumb. Why not start Colt McCoy? When he's had the chance to play, he's played pretty well. Yeah, I have no idea why he wouldn't. And the guys, he started that one game, and he's been a healthy scratch ever since. So I think Colt McCoy right right now might actually be the best quarterback on that roster. Probably. If if you needed one win, he probably is. Yeah. The best so. healthy quarterback. Right. Um, well, hey, it's what it is. Um, okay, so moving on, the New York Jets linebacker, C.J. Mosley, is going to be out five to six weeks with a lingering groin issue. Um, he's been nothing but a disappointment this season. I wouldn't cut bait. For you IDPers, try to stash him because when he's healthy, he is a beast. Um, oh, already touched on Jalen Samuel. So, 
here's a good one for you. Um, all right, Chev, you weren't here last week, but Garrett and I talked about the Detroit Lions running back situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Garrett, I believe you said that Ty Johnson would have been the guy to pick up over JD McKissick, correct? Yeah, that was that was my choice. Well, everybody was wrong because yep. everyone I listened to said Ty Johnson, but Matt Patricia said nay. Trey Carson is the man. He led the way. Um, the whole team, 25 carries for 59 yards with a 2.4 average and no touchdowns. Trey Carson led the way. 12 carries, 34 yards. Ty Johnson, 7 carries for 25 yards, 1 catch for 13. Paul Perkins, 3 carries for 4 yards, 1.3-yard average. Yuck. And J.D. McKissick, 1 carry for negative 1 yards, 3 catches for 2 yards. So, Chev, do you own Carrion Johnson anywhere? I do own Carrion Johnson in one league. Okay. I don't know about you, but I think that a game like this can only be good for carry on Johnson. It has to show you and it has to show Matt Patricia specifically. The guy is legit. You don't need to do a running back by committee. Give carry on the ball. What do you think, chef? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been waiting on that this whole season and it just seems like it hasn't come to fruition. Um, also carry on being hurt. They might want to go pick up a running back. I mean, I know they just drafted him, but Hey, you never know. It's the NFL. They switch faster than anything. I mean, running back, you just got to find your guy and roll with him. So uh, definitely, I'm definitely not the biggest Kerryon Johnson fan, though. Like, if I could get rid of him, I would get rid of him. What would you take for him right now? Like, what God. would it take to get Kerryon Johnson off your team? Oh, man, I, I would take a first-round draft pick. I know I'd probably get more, but, God, if I get a first-round draft pick, I'd be happy. I just, I, I think the talent's there, but I just don't know if that production will ever be there, plus the injury history. I mean, ugh, I, I, I'm just not the biggest fan of him, honestly. Yeah, so I do have him in my home league. Um, I'm going to give him one more shot, So, and then that's going to be it. But the Lions are working out free agent running back Jay Ajayi as well. Um Surprised he hasn't signed with anybody yet, but this 2019 season's been a weird one, hasn't it? Yeah, it's definitely been weird. I mean, in what in my home league, there's only two teams that are over 500 in our league. So I mean, really, for me, I mean, I I've, I've never seen that. I think that's that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in fantasy football. I usually see there's usually like four or five teams, but there's only two teams over 500 right now. Talk about some league parity right there. Dang. That's something. Yeah. Is it you and Aaron? Uh, Is that it? No, it's actually me and Chris. Aaron's oh, team has—he's four and four, I think. He just had some—he's had some tough breaks. Dang. You know who had a tough break last week? You went berserk on me. In um, well, this would be the show's league of record. That would be um, was that the Hall of Fame Dynasty League? Oh yeah, I that's but, yeah, that's the yeah, that's mine. Yeah. Yeah, you went uh, crazy on me, Chef. So I told you yeah, to really? go easy. You didn't. Yeah, I'm I'm still four and four. So. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about it too much. But um, one man who can't be complaining too much, I guess, Josh Gordon has a new home. Uh, Patriots released him off IR, and he was claimed by the Seahawks at the you know 28th in the waiver process. So, Garrett, you obviously watched a lot of Josh Gordon. Does it? Are you? If you're a Josh Gordon owner, are you concerned that 27 teams passed on him? It's it's weird. It's really weird that 27 yeah. teams passed on him uh, because there wasn't much of a uh, – you didn't have to pay the dude much. It was just like a little over a million dollars. 
um, that he was owed for the rest of the season. And he's a talented player. So I don't know if the like supposed injury scared some people off or um, yeah, I don't know what it was, but I think this is a great pickup for the Seahawks. Um, It obviously probably hurts DK a little bit for the rest of the season. Long-term, I doubt Josh Gordon stays a Seahawk. So I don't think it really affects uh, DK's value in dynasty. He would just hurt it a little bit in redraft, but yeah, it was, it was weird. Talk about a crazy, NFL career ride that this guy's been on, too. That's something else. So, hey, let's talk about everyone's favorite thing in fantasy football. Kickers. All right. So, well, it's, you know, it's noteworthy. The Patriots cut Mike Nugent. I'm muting my mic. That's fine. The Patriots cut Mike Nugent, and he did mute it, too. And they signed Nick Falk, and the Falcons cut Matt Bryant, and they signed Young Hoku. So, there's that. If you had Mike Nugent or Matt Bryant, get those guys or stream somebody else. Okay, Garrett, you can unmute now. So, uh, as Chev mentioned earlier in the show, the Rams traded quarterback Aqib Tlaib and a fifth-round pick to Miami for a future pick. Did anybody see what that pick is going to be? Have they um, announced that yet? I haven't seen. I okay, honestly Chev, don't think I've seen anything about it, actually. Okay. It's just a salary um, dump more than anything else. Yeah. yeah, but wasn't he hurt last I checked? I have no idea. Um, I don't know. Can you technically possible. trade players that are on IR? Well, I mean, you, uh, I guess you can cut players that are on IR, but apparently the Patriots can do whatever the hell they want. So, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I have no clue. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't see what all the compensation was. All I. Th- Every time somebody gets traded to Miami, first of all, I feel bad for him, and then second of all, I just think of the Will Smith song. So that's that's basically. Oh, yeah. I'm going to Miami. <laughs> that's what Welcome I think of every to time. Miami. But um, that's a beauty. I'll tell you one team that should have picked up Josh Gordon, uh, the Rams. I don't know where they were in the waiver order, but Brandon Cooks has suffered a second concussion in a month, so he's going to go see a concussion specialist. Um, so if you're in my home league and listen to this, Brandon Cooks is on the block. Um, also, the Vikings activated wide receiver Josh Doxson on IR. Off IR, we, is anybody picking him up nope. at all? Nope. No, sir. Okay, Chev? Nope, didn't think so. Um, Jaguars wide receiver Marquise Lees placed on IR with a shoulder injury. You guys have him anywhere? Nope. Same. Nope. Okay. Um, and... Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton is out three to four weeks with a hamstring injury. So what do you think? Uh, Paris Campbell trending up? Maybe some Eric Ebron? I heard some people are starting Zach Pascal this week. That He's, uh, seems kind of to, a hot name. That seems to be a hot name. You, him or Paris? Uh, I'll give the nod to Paris. Yeah, I would too. Chev, what do you think? Yeah, I, I like Paris too going forward. Yeah, okay. I uh, wish Dion Kane would do something a little more too i'm not sure if he's injured or what but it seems like he's just not getting too much run i'm pretty sure he's healthy i know he had some injury stuff earlier in the year but i haven't seen anything lately but i'm gonna go ahead and agree with you he's a guy that in a bunch of leagues i grabbed late kind of as you know when you're drafting you take that late round flyer on somebody that you just hope turns into anything Mm -hmm. um but he's been a disappointment to me so far so um one last piece of news Garrett, what is the stupidest question in the world? (laughs) 
Are you talking about my boy Baker? Yeah, do the Browns lack urgency? Apparently Baker Mayfield didn't like that. I so I love the guy. He he wears his heart on his sleeve. But Garrett, as a Browns fan, are you concerned at all with Baker Mayfield's attitude? Here's the thing. Yeah, like was that the best way to respond? No. no. But specifically that the guy that asked him the question, his name is Tony Grossi, and okay. he is known he is well known in Cleveland for being a troll. Like he okay. is just a, he is just a jerk. Like he's always asking like antagonizing questions. He he's just that guy. So like while the national media was freaking out about this, and granted, Cleveland freaks out about stuff all the time. So don't get me wrong. But this was like a non-story in Cleveland. Like we okay. genuinely did not care. Um, and I have people, it was it was a funny exchange on Twitter. I have a guy that, and you'll appreciate this more than most. I had a guy that basically stood up for Tyreek Hill and a while back and was talking about how he, you know, he's 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 done the right thing since then and his what he said you know publicly hasn't been that bad blah blah blah. and then he he commented me about how bad baker looks after this i was like really (laughs) really come on man so that's yeah it's it's a non-story to me i know other people are freaking out and could he have probably responded better yeah he probably could but i i really take it with a grain of salt and that's why I wanted to talk to you about it, because I figured you would know something that somebody like I would not know or the rest of the, the country. But, you know, we have that in Philadelphia, too. We have a, a reporter named Howard Eskin. Um, yeah. <clears throat> if you ever watch a primetime Eagles game in the winter and you see a guy standing on the sideline with a big fur coat, that's Howard Eskin. He's the guy that's going to get under your skin and just try to, you know, just... Oh, he's so freaking irritating. Like he he used to get into arguments with the Phillies manager, uh, Charlie Manuel, who's like the nicest. Oh, old I love guy. Charlie. He was he was in yeah. Cleveland for a while. Yeah, exactly. He was, and he, the guy was just he still is a jerk. And I really wish that they would pick somebody else to do the sideline stuff. Um, unfortunately, um, his son is the program director at WIP, so I don't think Howard Eskin's going anywhere anytime soon. So uh, that is our news portion of the pod. So now we're going to go into how to be a contender. I probably shouldn't even be talking about this because most of the time I'm more pretender than anything. So um, I just I do have a couple things written down here. And I did the jazz hands again that we were talking about before the <laughs> show. Um, trade, le- trade deadline's coming up real soon. And I don't know where it is in most of your guys' league. We usually set ours around week 12. Like a full week before the playoffs. What about you guys? It depends uh, on the no. league. Yeah, some yeah. of my leagues have already like it's this week, uh, or they use like the NFL trade deadline, and then I have other leagues where you can trade like basically up until playoffs. Yeah, um, there's also some leagues that I'm in that if you're not in the playoffs, you can continue trading, but the playoff teams cannot. That makes sense. I have no issue with that. I like that. That's not. That's not. Yeah. Bad. No, I, I like that too. Um, you know, playoff teams can't trade with each other either. So, right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but one of the things that I always like to do, and I do this even if I'm not contending, I always look ahead at the schedule for bye weeks. Um, that being said, so if you have to pick somebody up now or trade for somebody now while you still can, you're not doing it out of desperation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, also, trade for players with easier playoff schedules. So look ahead, depending on when your playoffs start. It's usually uh, week 14, 15, 16. Um, trade young, unproven talent for proven veterans. You could do the same thing with uh, draft picks for proven vets. So some of the pieces of advice that I have. You guys have anything that you would share? Yeah, let's let's dive into that a little bit deeper because you what you said is absolutely correct. But I think – I don't think people always understand this concept because – we get in such a Debbie mindset that we focus so much on youth. And I, I have this problem just as much, if not more than anybody else, where I'm thinking, okay, this guy, well, our best case scenario only has, you know, two years left. Uh, why, why would I trade for this guy? If, if this player is currently like, as in right now, better than a player that you are starting in a starting spot, that player is a worthwhile piece for you. Like, so mm-hmm. even if you're, Let's say you're dying at tight end. A guy like Greg Olson might be a good option. I get he's not attractive. He's not sexy in any way. But if, if you're trying to, you know, figure out, okay, O.J. Howard's literally done nothing for me all season. I didn't really have much of a backup. I have a really good team, but I just I have a hole at tight end. That could be a great stopgap for you. I know it's not an appealing move. Um, and long term, it's not going to do you any favors. But – if it can win you a ship this year, it's more than worth whatever you had to pay to do that. Yeah, and he's got to come cheap too. Yeah, you're not you're not paying more than a third probably to get Greg Olson. I mean, maybe if the guy's really playing hardball, a super late second. Um, I doubt it honestly, but but maybe if the guy's being ridiculous. But that's the thing. These older proven players are not hot commodities the the larry fitzgeralds the um adrian petersons the you know these guys are not hot commodities people don't really want them on their team they're just trying to 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 stay afloat and most people will take especially if they're a team that is not contending this year they will take literally almost anything if you can take a player that's over the age of 32 off their roster yeah tell me what you guys think about this what about a guy like chris herndon he, he's been hurt. He's going to come back eventually. The Jets have a really easy schedule. I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately, uh, 14 through 16. Um, I'm a Herndon fan, personally. He's been screwing me a little bit. But, Chev, you like Herndon? Would you Would you pick him up? Like, let's say, um, I don't know, a late second, early third. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, you can probably pick up Herndon for that. Um, I mean, I'm not the the biggest fan of him. I mean, I know he's he's got the great talent, but uh, the offense that he's in definitely – has been scaring me. I mean, Adam Gase just seems like he just doesn't know how to use his players properly. So I'm probably staying away from him. I mean, he's a guy that could possibly blow up. Uh, definitely if you get him for a third-round pick. But for me, I'm probably just uh, staying away at this situation, though. Okay. Um, I mean, the good thing about him is if he starts playing well, he's still young enough, too, where if you get him cheap, you know what I mean? You're also mm-hmm. for the future. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and – Garrett, touching on what you said before, talking about acquiring tight ends, if you're in trouble at tight end, that seems to be everybody. You know, unless you have, I don't know, Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Austin Hooper, you know, unless you have yeah. one of those guys, you're, you're pretty much hurt. Yeah. Hunter Henry. Yeah, he. well, Hunter Henry's been... He's been banged up, but he's, I yeah. mean, in the past three weeks, he's been, I think he's tied, like, on a per-game basis as the top tight end in the league or something like that. 
What about a guy, and I'm probably saying his name wrong. What about Janu Smith? I mean, I think we talked about him last week, but he's going to play better with Tannehill. He has to be really cheap right now. I actually got him on waivers in a couple leagues. Mm-hmm. So Janu Smith's kind of the opposite because he is a young, unproven talent. Um, so he would probably be more appealing to a you know a rebuild team than a, than a contender because you're, 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 there's a lot of risk involved. That said, I, I think in that specific case, specifically looking at tight end, you're going to take any upside regardless if they're 21 years old or 31 years old or if there's a 41-year-old tight end out there that has some sort of potential, you'll probably take it because, you know, we just established there's about five or six tight ends that you feel really good about starting on a weekly basis. So that means most teams probably don't even have any sort of a backup if they even have one that they like starting. So to ensure to give yourself a little bit of a upside as a backup, I have no problem acquiring him. Did you ever get to this point in the year where you're looking to fill roster spots with anybody that has a pulse? Yeah, especially in some of those deeper leagues. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah like, oh, this guy might get me a point, which is better than zero. It, like, isn't that the worst? <laughs> Absolutely. I started Wendell Smallwood last week mm. in one league. Oof, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, it, it, it hurt. It hurt. Um, okay, how about this? A pair of Eagles here. And, and the reason why I'm bringing these guys up is they're not, quote-unquote, uh, lusty names. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Jordan Howard. The Eagles' schedule gets a lot better after their bye week next week. You know? And Jordan Howard's been running hard. He's been getting touchdowns. He's been catching passes somehow. And also, and Jeffries look pretty decent, too. So, Chev, I know you are a Bears fan. Jordan Howard is a former Bear. He's a guy right here that not a lot of people are high on. Yes, he's younger, but you could probably get him decently you know, affordable. Would you go after any of these guys? Yeah, I mean, if you needed a running back that is not going to give you the RB1 numbers, but possibly give you those RB2 numbers uh, a couple times a in the season or the last couple of weeks, I mean, definitely Jordan Howard is a, a decent option, especially if Miles Sanders is uh, more hurt than we think or what's being told. So, I mean, Jordan Howard has been doing it the last couple of years. I mean, he's been a great back. I mean, he's not getting you the PPR points, but, I mean, he's getting you those rushing points. Uh, hopefully he's going to get you into the end zone. That's kind of what you're really banking on is him getting those short touches and kind of getting that touchdown for you uh, during those games. But, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, too, uh, only scares me a little bit that he just – the health is just kind of not always there with him. So he could be a guy that goes down and you don't have him even for the, the fantasy playoffs. So that kind of scares me a little bit. But if you're getting those guys, they're not really going to be – year one or two or probably even three. So it's kind of just a backup to those guys if they have a bye week or anything like that, possibly. I will say this. One of the smartest things I ever heard on a podcast was uh, Rich on the Dynasty Nerds podcast said, if you think you're set at running back, you need a running back. Mm-hmm. And I think in Dynasty that, Garrett, I'm sure you could agree with that too. You Absolutely. always need a running back. Yeah, Absolutely. It's position yeah. that gets banged up yeah. so bad. Yeah, injuries. I mean, I mean, you can go. You can go from one week having you know three running backs till two of them are hurt and the other ones on by all of a sudden the next week and you have no running backs. And that happened to me. That exact thing happened to me. I believe it. And I'm I scouring the waiver wire for a, for a running back that could get me a point in a dynasty league. Yep. That it's not redraft where there's twelve teams and 
or 10 teams or even eight, you know, it's like, all right, you really have to look at, you have to go so in deep looking at the waiver wire in a dynasty league this late in the year. So what are you going to do? Now, here's a guy that's hurt, but he's been someone that people have mentioned, A.J. Green. Oh, AJ does Green. He, does he play this year? That's the thing. There's say, no I want guarantee. No part of Ryan Finley. There's no guarantee he plays this year, and and it. I don't want to make any accusations. We've I think we've talked about this specific scenario on the show before. I don't think he really has that much interest in playing this year. Um, no. I think he is going to make this linger as long as humanly possible. Uh, I. I don't think I would buy him. I mean, unless he is coming crazy, crazy cheap. But chances are he's not. And so if I have to give up, I wouldn't even give up a second for him at this point if I'm a contender because I have no idea what I'm going to get. Give me me Golden Tate. Give me me a guy like that where, yeah, he might not give me a ton of points, but I can count on, you know, at least eight and maybe on a good game 14 PPR points. Uh, in a good week, whereas I don't even know that I'm going to be able to put him in my lineup, and will he even be healthy when I do? Okay, well, how about this next guy, Emmanuel Sanders? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Also, on that note, is you know a lot of people are saying Jimmy Garoppolo is just a game manager. I think uh, that might not be the case. Chev, you you saw that game, four touchdown passes. Yeah, it was looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he went up against a team that is not that great in the Cardinals. So I mean. I mean, but you still got to go out there and you got to produce. I mean, these guys are tough athletes. They're in the NFL for a reason. So even though it was a, a weak defense, I mean, Jimmy still went out there and he still balled out. I mean, I definitely didn't see it being that close of a game, but, I mean, it was a great game. But Jimmy, Jimmy went out there and balled out. Emmanuel Sanders seems like he's picking up the pace with Jimmy. Uh, so that's a good sign for them. Um, I, I think before Samuels got or Sanders got there, I mean, their wide receivers weren't even close to – wide receiver two or three numbers so uh hopefully sanders can turn that around and get that offense going a little bit better that whole thing frustrates me i, I was so high on dante pettis the whole off season and then mm-hmm. in, in the early part of the year i sold him for cheap because he wasn't doing anything just riding the bench and of course they get emmanuel sanders pettis catches a touchdown pass that's how it <laughs> works man that is how it works it's just really frustrating well how about this one now i know he's well mid-20s you think Derrick Henry recaptures that late season playoff magic? Go ahead, Chef. Yeah, I know Garrett's a huge Derrick Henry fan. Or are you? I, don't, I actually don't know where you stand on. This. No, I'm not a Derrick Henry guy. All right, well then I, I want to hear from Chef. I mean, I'm not the biggest Derrick Henry guy either, but somehow, some way, this dude finds a way at the end of every single season. To boost his numbers up and get into the high running back wide or running back conversation, somehow he's just dropping fifty point games each week. So, um, I don't. I. I mean, I'm sure he can do it, but it's not a guy that I'm going to be betting on a hundred percent to go get the job done. Um, I mean, he's just seen a bunch of inconsistency this season, and it's just something that I'm not willing to put my money where my mouth is on that. Isn't it weird that right now we would rather have pieces of the Titans receiving game than rushing game? You you didn't really see that one coming, did you? Yeah, I mean Tannehill's been good. He's he's played played pretty well and all of a sudden 
Corey Davis and, and AJ Brown look at least flex consideration ish, depending right. on the size of your league. So, yeah. You, you ever think Miami's looking at that going, hmm, maybe we've made a mistake here? Well, probably. Well, no, but, probably but, not. They were they were gonna yeah. trade. They were gonna trade the farm anyway. They're they're looking at Burrow and Tua and and those guys. I'm interested to see who really goes where. Yeah. What do you, what do you? Well, you're the Debbie guy. Burrow or Tua? I still think Tua's the guy. Um, it's close. It is close. But I'm not necessarily convinced that Miami has the number one seed. The Bengals are still over. And they, are. Uh, they play each other week six. It's either fifteen or sixteen. Oh. So yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting because there is a very real scenario where both those teams are still winless coming into that game, and that's gonna decide who gets the one pick. But I am curious. I'm not saying this is gonna happen. I am curious about my boy Chase Young though. He might go one regardless of who's there. Okay. So. Well, the, the interesting thing here is Miami gets to play in the Tank Bowl twice in one year. Yep. They, they played, played Washington. Uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to watch that game. If they're both still winless at that point, and I hope it ties. They're, I would oh, love man. it if they, like, flex that to, like, the Sunday night game or something. Zero-zero tie. <laughs> like a oh, soccer wow. game. <laughs> yeah, You know, some of these games that they have on um, – on the Sunday and Monday night slate, it's like, why are you doing this to us? You know, although the the Thursday night game this week was really good, so it, it's been a yeah. while since since we've had a really good Thursday night game. Um, well, that was all the guys that I had that I would consider acquiring. Do you guys have anybody you want to throw out there? Real, real quick news: this is not uh, this is not necessarily concerning this, but uh, it's looking like uh, Devonte Adams might be back tomorrow. Um, they're saying right now they're planning on him playing tomorrow. So that could be a big boost for I'm, some teams. I saw a video of him jumping over a man while he yeah. was running. So I'm going to go with he's starting, and Leapfrog. I definitely need him in one of my leagues. So I need him to pick it up. Right. Well, we'll see. You know, We'll see how that works out. Hopefully they get him back on the field. Yeah, it was the game against uh, the Eagles. I think he got hurt. Do um, you guys I, just oh. – Go ahead. Do you guys just absolutely hate cheering for your rival teams in fantasy football? Yeah, it's tough. Oh, yeah. my God. I had Aaron Rodgers last season, and I about threw up every time I was cheering for him. I was like, <laughs> oh, my. I can't do this. This is embarrassing. It plays, it plays with your emotions. Oh, so it, it was so tough. It, it is really hard, yeah. It's tough. But, then, hey, there are times where it's like, do you want to win or do you want to be a fanboy? I'm not going to lie. I had Aaron Rodgers last year, and – when the Bears knocked him out of the game for that little bit, I was like, fantasy gods, I'm, thank you. I, I'll <laughs> please be injured for the rest of his career. I mean, <laughs> but then he ended up coming back, and, oh, but yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, that was terrible. an incredible game. Well, that would be like, uh, like Garrett, if you had uh, Lamar Jackson on one yeah, of your teams. Which I don't. Yeah. But. Well, that would be like if, <laughs> for, if for a I long had... time I had Le'Veon Bell uh, when he played uh, for the Steelers, so that was tough. Uh, real quick, before I know we're about to like wrap up and close up, there's one last thing about the because I feel like we didn't quite touch on it enough. There's one other thing that I want to to talk about for for contending teams, and this is coming from the Devi guy. All right, this is coming from the guy that is already so excited about the 2020 draft. Like I I might be more ex- like if the Browns don't make the playoffs, 
I will probably be more excited about the draft than I am the NFL playoffs. Like I love the NFL draft. I love the college guys coming up. Like I live for this stuff. All of that said, and as amazing as this class is, don't be afraid to deal a draft pick to get an elite player. Sometimes it's tough because I know we've been telling you guys acquire these first, acquire these seconds, um, build build through the draft, which you absolutely should. But there are times that a good uh, Devonte Adams is a perfect example. He's disappointed this year because he's been injured a lot, had a couple rough games. If somebody is just frustrated and they're out of it and they're they're already looking at next year and they say, "Give me two firsts and he's yours," go go make that deal. Go get Devonte Adams and win yourself a championship because a championship is so much more important than how good your next draft class is going to be. That's why you right. do it. You remember who won the past year's championships. You don't remember who ended up having the best draft in you know 2013. You remember, oh, man, that was the year so-and-so beat me. Oh, that pissed me off. Like So as much as I love the picks and as much as I love the class, don't don't worship these picks so much that you're unwilling to give them up to get an elite player to help you win a ship. Yeah. With that being said, I I have a pretty good chance of winning the championship. And I have a pretty solid team, I feel like. I have four first-round picks, Garrett. Two of them are probably going to be top four. One's probably going to be five or six. The other one's going to be probably last or close to last. I still don't know how you've done. I still don't know how you've done all of this in that league. It's crazy to me. Bro. Continue. Draft and. Studs. I don't know. Trades. I don't know. But. What would you trade for Cooper Cup or Michael Thomas? Do you think I should go after those guys? I mean, you know who my team is, but what would you even think about trading those picks for them? I would. I would be open to it, especially Michael Thomas. Uh, I love Cooper Cup as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think some of it has been uh, – I think he's been a little bit lucky. Um, granted, he's been targeted a lot, which obviously mm-hmm. means good things. Um but I don't know that he is the physical specimen that he is system proof, quarterback proof, blah, 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 blah. Michael Thomas is proving that he is. Um, and so I think Michael Thomas is uh, no doubt top five wide receiver, whereas Cup's probably more around that like 10 to 12 range, which is still crazy valuable. And his stock has risen like crazy. So I'm not an anti oh, yeah. Cooper Cup guy in any way. Um, but yeah, if you were able, like, if, if you were able to deal some of those picks, and, and acquire Michael Thomas, and especially in your league, I know you can only, it's kind of shallow benches, so um, yeah. you know you can only keep so many guys. So if you're able to acquire another elite talent, I would do it. Don't don't necessarily overpay because you already have what it's like Nuke OBJ and Stephon Diggs as your starting it's receivers. Ridic- it's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the running have, backs I got like Chubb, Zeke, and Cooks. <laughs> Yeah. Oh or Bro, yeah, Dalvin Cook. I built yeah, a dynasty, man. I still can't win a championship, but I'm trying hard. And you have four firsts, like that's and Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yes. so, yeah, you're doing good. Home leagues, man. <clears throat> yeah. So he's dominating. So yeah, uh, I I have no problem doing that. Um, just just to help assure yourself a championship. Yeah. Plus, you get to keep those guys. It's not like you have to get rid of them after you bought them. It's very true. All right, so hey, uh, we're going to wrap it up here in a couple minutes. But before we go, um, our good friend Tyler over at Fantasy Squads wants to know um, if you played football, or he wants to know, did you play football? And if you did, 
what position did you play? If you didn't play football, what other sports did you play? So I did play football, and I was a linebacker. It was when I was younger. I was also an offensive guard, you know, when you played both ways. So, um, Chev? So I played football and baseball in high school. My first two years, I weighed like a buck fifty, and I was playing middle or outside linebacker, which was very tough because there were some big linemen in uh, our divisions. Um, or sorry, big yeah, big linemen. And then I played baseball in high school and college. Okay, and Garrett. Yes, I played. Uh, in in high school, I played all over the place. I played mostly played uh, outside linebacker uh, and running back. It was a smaller high school, so. Uh, we played both sides of the football. I did play tight end uh, uh, for a little bit as well. But uh, specifically in my senior year, I was a running back and linebacker. And then I went to uh, Malone University, uh, which is where Ashton Doolin, who was kind of a uh, draft darling for some people this past year and wide receiver for the Colts now, uh, that was where he went as well. So, um, yeah. I also did play intramural basketball in college and dropped a 40-piece. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Fun was facts. It, it, it was probably on me too, wasn't it? Heck No. Oh, okay. That was what that was when uh, RDs were allowed to play against like students and stuff like that. Uh, and I do play golf. If that do you golf? Yeah, I try to golf. Well, I'm not good, I smoke, but I enjoy playing. I, I smoke cigars and drink beer and hit a golf ball. There you go. So, <laughs> not really good at it, but it's it's fun. So it's something to do. Um, so hey, our rewind for the week. This one is for the birthday boy. Uh, he is a Bears fan, so be nice. Do you know what the original name of the Bears franchise was, Chev? And I I was way off on, on this, by the way. I have no idea what you got okay. for me. So it was the Decatur Stanleys was their original name in 1920. Before they moved to Chicago the following year, in 1921, they were the Chicago Staleys, and then they became the Bears in 1922. Why the Staleys? Hmm. Was that like the I, owner's name? I don't know. Um, so what I do know about the NFL from back then is a lot of times um, team names were really super regionalized. Like Decatur might have been a neighborhood in Chicago or outside of Chicago. Um, do you remember in like 2007 when the Eagles wore those hideous blue and yellow yeah. uniforms? Yeah. So they were... Before they were the Eagles, they were the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, and they actually became a defunct franchise, and then they were bought by Burt Bell, blah, 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 blah. Um, then he renamed them the Eagles. By the way, they are the Eagles uh, because the Eagle was the symbol of FDR's New Deal, and green is the color of money. So that's why they are green, and that's why they are the Philadelphia Eagles. There you go. Um, so a little more rewind fact for you. But uh, Frankfurt is a neighborhood in Philadelphia, so uh, that might have been the case with Decatur as well. So, um, I'm spitting more rewind facts than I expected to tonight. But uh, I want one of those jerseys. Yeah, I don't know what it looks like. I could try to find one. It would be pretty cool. Decatur. So, uh, but uh, that is our rewind fact for the week. I should probably have um, said that before I started looking this up. So, uh, Chev, I believe you have a verse for us this week. Yes, sir, I do. So, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 16, 13 to 14. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Uh, so I know definitely for the way, the place I work at, the YMCA, uh, there's a lot of families that are in need and they need to, they need somebody that has that faith that you can 
that they can do great things and that you trust them and that you believe in them and just doing everything in love. I mean, we're we're in a world right now where we need a lot of love. We need people to we have to love on other people. We don't know what's going on in their in their lives. So just always be kind, be loving, be be don't be scared to give either. I mean, there's a lot of people in this world that are scared to give their money, give their time. But I think the way that our world's going to get better is giving our time uh, and showing people that we actually do care and love for them. Well, Chev, on your birthday, we definitely got a lot of love for you. So, um, you know, thanks for uh, coming and hanging out with us tonight. Anything else before we, we head out for the evening, gentlemen? Nope. Garrett, no, you're good. All right, so Chev, starting with you, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at ChevBoyRD, boy with an I. And Garrett, where can we find you? At Dynasty Price. And make sure you check out Garrett over at uh, the Dynasty Nerds. He's doing a lot of good stuff over there. Uh, make sure you stop in iTunes because apparently they're the only people that matter. And give us a rate and review. Five stars only. Thank you. You can find me on Twitter at the TheMBower85. And you can follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Till then, everybody, we'll see you next week.